and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, we are going to tackle something a little interesting, and I've got a great guest with me today to help me tackle this. We came up with a really cool title. I told her I said we need the right title for today's topic. So we're calling today's show Lessons Learned from the Land of Non-Monogamy. Now, we're going to have a lot of terms that may be unusual and people may not know the meaning of them. So I've actually got a, I've got a page on the website that's going to give you all the terms, all the definitions, and explain all of that to you. So that it's going to, that, that's going to help. Trust me, that's going to help. So let me just tell you right now, if you go to the website and you look at readyforloveradio.com, slash non-monogamy, that's going to take you, that's going to give you a link, and that's going to give you all the terms and the definitions, which, like I said, is really going to help you to understand this in more detail. And let me, too, I want to give a little preface that's going to help kind of give some context to the last several weeks and a couple weeks I've got coming up. The topics may not apply to each of the listeners personally, and I know that. I do know that. One of the reasons I do a lot of diversity of topics that I do, and I've had a couple friends ask me, why in the world do you cover all this stuff? (laughs) Aside from the fact that I am, to say that I'm curious about everything on the planet is kind of an understatement. (laughs) But I also love to learn. I love to learn new things, curious about stuff. I'd I'd go to school 24-7 if I could. So I love having this show because I can reach out to somebody and I can bring them on the show and I can just ask them all kinds of questions about anything I want to, pretty much, within reason. (laughs) So so what I think is the show is a great way for me to reach out to an expert about something and I do screen the person to make sure they know what they're talking about, bring them in and talk to them about something. And even if it's not something that's going to apply to your life personally or my life personally, we're going to learn more about it. Okay, and even if it's not something you're going to use personally, it's going to help you to understand about it, and that's going to help you to be able to understand other people, understand their life. And I don't know about you all, but I'm seeing way too many people being judgmental here lately, and especially on on social media and on Facebook. And actually, I kind of post a little mini rant about that today. And and I think one of the things that irritates me so much about that is people are being judgmental about things they don't know anything about. And my thing is, if if you're going to draw a conclusion about something, at least take the time to learn something about it and try to understand the person's perspective first. So if if you're interested in learning about new things and, like I said, you don't have to embrace something, just kind of open your mind and learn about new things and new people and new perspectives on things. So I'm opening up a lot of possibilities for people to understand about new people and new perspectives and whether you choose to do anything with the information in your personal life, completely up to you. But you're going to get the information and you can learn about new ideas and new possibilities. You never know. And there's a lot of things that that I've learned over the last 130-some podcasts, some things have been wonderful, and I've found ways to integrate them into my life. And other things, it's just helped me to understand other people and how they live their life. And it just, it's, it's been empowering in a lot of really cool ways. 
So that's, that's why I bring such a diversity of topics to people. On that note, I want to introduce y'all to my new friend, Wendy. Wendy, I am so glad you're with me today. Nick Lee, thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> that was not directed at you. That's just something I needed to get out today. <laughs> like I said, post a little rant this morning on Facebook, and I just needed to get that out. <laughs> now, Wendy, you are a media-celebrated author. You know, you, you've done some really cool things, and you've got a couple of neat books out there, and you're a, a dating relationship expert, and you you know, I hear that you've given relationship guidance to over 50,000 women. Is that right? Yep, that's right. My goodness, woman, you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I lead workshops and I give talks and I reach a lot of women. That, wow, 50,000. Phew. She helps them to, would y'all believe, helps them find love, stay in love. Now, see, that's the trick. Help them make repairs to their partnerships and their marriages. Now, over the last 15 years, she's interviewed thousands of people about their relationships, love, dating, sex, and the opposite sex. She's conducted polls, had one-on-one discussions, interviewed them, and has witnessed over 100 panels of men talking on these topics. Her book, 121 First Dates, it got a lot of love from the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Glamour, Self, Red Book, Huffington Post, Access Hollywood, and more. Her second book, Breaking the Relationship Rules, Your Alternative Guide to a Happy Life. You know, Breaking the Rules. I like Breaking the Rules. That's cool. (laughs) But we're doing something different, and people, I've got the exclusive. We're, We're breaking the rules literally today. Wendy is doing me the honor of talking about her personal life. We're not going to talk about all the other stuff. We're talking about her personal life today. So... Wendy, we're delving into the personal stuff today, okay? We're going to tell them how they can get in touch with you professionally and how they can can get to your website and all all that cool stuff. But we're going to talk about your your personal life, and that actually is going to apply. (laughs) That doesn't sound as, as crazy as it may sound off the top of our heads. Now, why does your personal life apply to my radio show? Let's let's start that way. <laughs> the the, uh, the lessons learned in non-monogamy. Here we go. So I, as a relationship expert, do not shout from the rooftops. This is an exclusive first that I talk about my personal life because in my line of work, I'm always looking at what does the client need. And mostly in our culture, the client is in or needs a monogamous relationship. So I'm down with that. I'm not one of those people screaming from the rooftop saying all people should be like me. Nope. I think all people should have exactly what they need in their relationships. And my beloved and I decided four years ago when we got together that we were not going to have that typical modern monogamous relationship where people kind of own each other, that we own each other's time and who we get to see and when we get to see them and what we do with our bodies. We decided that here we are in midlife. So first off, we're not kids. He'd been married for 24 years and divorced. I'd been married for 12 years and divorced and single a really long time. We've been around. We look like, we look like somebody's parents for sure. <laughs> Maybe even somebody's grandparents in 
some places. <laughs> but we decided going into this relationship in midlife that we just weren't going to do it the old way because the old way didn't work for either one of us. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to come together as full-grown adults who know who we are, know who we're not, and just appreciate and commit to and devote our lives together while not owning each other. I don't own his weekends. He doesn't own who I get to see. And we do that life in very different ways from each other, and it works great. That's interesting. Because, well, and, and you had the typical relationship before. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of been there, done that. And damn, monogamy was hard for both of us. We, we, we did our really good job for decades. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't easy for either one of us. I think that there are some people who, they just really love it, and they're really good at it, and it's really natural for them to not even consider looking outside their relationship. And for others, it's a commitment to live from monogamy. And for others... They fall down on the job. <laughs> there, have you ever heard that people, some people in the world have cheated? Have you know, do you know that happens? Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't want to be in any of that. We decided if we declared from the outset that we were going to live a life together non-monogamous, on the other side of that commitment, nobody is ever cheating because you can't cheat if the commitment isn't there, the commitment to only be with me, the commitment to only do what I say and follow my rules and live under the guidelines of, of what we mandate, right? Now, you know, you know, I've actually been leading up to the, unbeknownst to me, I was actually leading up to this show for a while, <laughs> because, <laughs> I, yeah, like I said, I, I didn't realize, but I, I was actually leading up to this moment for several months, because I was, a while back, I had... Benjamin Ritter on, and we were talking about boundaries and expectations and relationships. And that was one of the things I was saying on that show was you've got to be, you've got to communicate, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. You've got to communicate your expectations and your boundaries to your partner. And part of that is what you expect in the relationship. And that's, that's what you're talking about. Be very clear up front about what you expect. And that's what you're saying. You know, be clear what you do and what you don't want. And y'all were very clear about that. Mm-hmm. And the thing, it was good that both of you wanted or didn't want the very same thing. And you were clear about that in the beginning. And you both want the same thing. And when you find a partner who is willing to have the same boundaries and the same expectations, that's, that's awesome. That works great. So that's all right. I got it. Okay, that's cool. So you've been together for four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still young. <laughs> well, there you go. That's good. So, all right. Okay, so I'm sure the audience at this moment has a billion questions run through their heads. <laughs> so I at least had time to prep my questions. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is good. We, we actually talked a, a week or two ago, so I've, I've had time to kind of get all my questions together. Plus, plus I've binge-watched um, the Showtime series, polyamory married and dating so oh, I, God. I kind of, yeah so I, I, got, I got time to kind of watch and see some examples of of some different polyamorous relationships so i, I got to kind of go through the, the range of emotions of 
of different scenarios and, and all that before we talked so I could I could kind of get some ideas together of what I was thinking and, and all that. So it was it was an interesting interesting couple of days watching all those shows and going, hmm. <laughs> now, I want all your listeners to know one thing right out the gate. Okay. Anything, this is a new concept for a lot of people. And so yes. anything you watch on the television is about as it's real to my life as Real Housewives of New York is to your yes. life. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is scripted. That is scripted. So yeah. keep that in mind. Reality TV is not real. And, exactly. and not that, you know, our lives are pretty drama-free, so <laughs> really drama-free, actually. Well, that yeah, I, people people wouldn't believe that up front, but that is that is so true. Okay, so did did you always know that you were or wanted to be non-monogamous? I mean, did you know that the first time you were married? I didn't, and I knew going. I married very young, and I married a really wonderful man who was incredibly safe. He was a safe bet. No woman ever turned his head. And I thought, I hit the jackpot. And I did. He's a great guy. Very, very sweet. I ran the crap out of that marriage. <laughs> I dominated and ran the show. And, and midlife, I was exhausted because I was doing everything for both of us. But no, I, I didn't. I had the same framework as most people did because there's the default. You you're young, you get older, you get married, you have children. And at some point we decided we weren't going to have children, but short of that, I was just following the path. Now, mm. I knew it was a hard path. I knew I was kind of tart-like. <laughs> I'm friendly. So it, it was hard, but that's just how life is. So I didn't even know there was a choice until I was older. And once I did know there was a choice... I thought about it, but I, I, you know, I thought polyamory, that, that's for those weird people. I, I don't, you know, with the, 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 the whatnots and the, the cool kids with the dreadlocks, that's not for me. I'm a normal, normal looking person. That, that's not for me. That's for the different people, of course. I just thought it would be, you know, I'd have to like become a part of a tribe that I wasn't or something. And so I didn't really take it on as a real possibility for my life until... I had started dating, and I actually ended up going on 121 first dates to get to my partner, Dave. And during the dating process, I realized, wow, what I really want, what I really, really want is I want a partner who we present as normal monogamous people, but that we could just have a little side thing from time to time to keep things fresh or interesting or new. It would be monogamish, would be ish, you know, (laughs) not exactly monogamous, but, but close, just a little bit open. The door is a little bit open. So that's what I was hoping for because I for sure wanted a serious life commitment where someone was devoted and dedicated to me and I was devoted and dedicated to them. So that I wanted, but I also wanted variety. So I started questioning monogamy as my future, mm, probably in my early 40s. Okay. Well, you know, I discovered, well, I, was, I was doing a couple quick Google searches right before we started the call today, and I actually discovered that um, OkCupid, okay which is one of the online dating sites, actually had so many of its people, I think it was 42% of its members, say that they would be open to polyamorous relationships 
that they actually have added a whole section to the site just to accommodate that. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of well, and and I've seen the questions pop up on there. And I'm like, now wait a second, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, I had no idea it was that many people. But I've I've seen people popping up on there and and you know reaching out to other people to um, invite people into like you know couples reaching out to singles and that sort of thing. So I, I have a feeling, and you tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I have a feeling a lot of people listening probably know couples who are polyamorous, and they're never going to guess it. That's right. Yep. Like all uh-huh. of my clients listening right now. <laughs> well, okay. They do now. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I, I have a feeling a lot of other people know, know somebody that's polyamorous and don't realize it. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, do you, can I tell you why I think you're seeing more of it now? Sure. This is just a personal hunch. Sure. But, you know, in the beginning of when we start, started settling down on the farms and stopped being nomadic, marriage was pragmatic. You had to get married and you had to have children to till the farm and do the thing, right? And marriage was something that we had to do. And then as time went on, it was for love. It wasn't just about the practical side. And then more and more as our life is enhancement, you know, life that our survival is pretty well handled at this stage of the game. I mean, we still all have to do our part, but we women don't have to get married. We're not property anymore. A lot of women are choosing not to get married at all. And, mm-hmm. and we can do all different kinds of things that we never had access to do in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. Our lives, we can go any direction we want to. And I think it's popping up because we're able to choose our life from a human spirit place instead of a survival place. So people are still choosing marriage and monogamy from human spirit, and that's great. But people are also having the opportunity to choose different things because our survival is no longer dependent on the nuclear family in that same way. Interesting point. So in order to be, or should I say, to, to participate in a polyamorous relationship or situation, situation, let's call it that. Yeah. Does a person have to be married, single, or in a committed relationship to participate? No, and they don't even have to be polyamorous. What? Okay. <laughs> and do they explain? Explain. Okay, so I'm going to just talk about my life because it will help sort of unravel the who is who and what, what's going on. Because in my own personal little get ready to look at the definitions polycule, the little pod of people in my circle, we all do this non-monogamous life in a very different way from each other, and we're all hanging out together. So how, how this looks, not hanging out sexually, all of us, but this is how this looks. So Dave and I live together. If you met us, we would just look like a middle-aged married couple. Our neighbors down the hall think we're just a nice middle-aged married couple. <laughs> we live here with our dog. We don't live under a big roof with lots of people, although some people do that, but we don't. And we are happily together as a partner, partnership. Okay. Now, I am not polyamorous. Mostly 
because I don't have time. Nikki, can you imagine? <laughs> Men take so much time. <laughs> you know, I'm building a business and I have to take care of my clients and I don't have time for more than one man full-time or even part-time. I, no. So I don't consider myself polyamorous at all. I have one relationship with Dave. However, I can do what I want, when I want, whenever I feel like it. So if I met that nice lawyer at lunch, mm-hmm. hmm, if I wanted to get to know him, oh, he's newly divorced. You know what he needs? He needs a little short-term girlfriend so some other nice woman doesn't have to deal with being the rebound. I'll take the hit for that. <laughs> Boom, and then he's gone, right? <laughs> he's in, he's gone. So I can have trysts, I can have flings. If I wanted to be polyamorous, I could, but it doesn't suit my life. I don't, I don't have time for that. Question. What is the difference for the audience between how you're living this and being quote-unquote polyamorous? Mm. So Dave is polyamorous. Okay. And, and Dave would never go have the fling with somebody because he likes something deeper than that. He's, okay. not, he's, not a, he's not a three-week kind of guy. So, you know, he's more serious and he's more dedicated to relationship than I am. <laughs> so, so, so Dave and I live together and I'm his partner and he has two other partners who live in their own separate houses, both women, and one of them has been around longer than I have. She, she came first, okay. and she's adorable, and they never wanted to live together. They never wanted to be primary to each other in that way where they were building a life together and sharing finances and sharing property and that. They, they just weren't going to do that, but they love each other very much, and they're in a relationship, and they have been for about six years okay and she's polyamorous and she has other partners and so Dave falls somewhere in there she doesn't number them she they're all you know important to her now my other friend who is his other partner her her name is Kim she is what's called solo poly now okay Kim Kim's awesome Kim had a ridiculously long, bad marriage. Bad, really bad. She hung in there long before any other good woman would have hung in there. And by the time she finally walked, she said, never again. She did her 20-plus years, and she was done. She was never going to be married again. She was never going to live with another man again. She was out. But instead of being single, she became what's called solo poly, which solo means to herself. Her number one priority partner is her. So she'll okay. live alone. She's primary partner to herself. And she has three other partners. My partner, Dave, is one of them. And they've been together about three years. And then she's been with someone for about six years and another person for four years. So these are long-term committed potentially for the rest of her life relationships, but there's just more than one of them. There, in her world, there's three. And, and again, we're all free to do what we want whenever we want. Nobody's ever in trouble. Nobody's ever in the doghouse. Never. Interesting. And each one of those relationships has a set of roles, boundaries, expectations. Yes, 
which means there's got to be open, honest communication between the parties involved. Yeah, and the thing that makes our non-monogamous lives work so well are the same set of skills that make any good relationship work well. I try actually to not work around expectations because expectations can kill a relationship really fast. We work on accountability. Ah. What are you accountable for? What are you willing to be accountable for? What can I count on you for? Dave can count on me to be five minutes late anywhere we go. (laughs) (laughs) There's like the good counting on and the bad counting on. Like instead of can I trust them, we ask each other, what can I trust you for? It's a great question to ask anyone in your life, including your boss. What can I trust you for instead of can I trust you? Because can I trust you is way too much damn responsibility. We cannot trust someone for everything. They will fail and then we'll be mad. So what can I trust you for? Interesting. Yeah. I have to think about those two different questions after we get done. Got to okay. focus on what we're doing right now. So I will focus on those later. Interesting. It's enough, it's enough for me to, to juggle the questions and... and yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Can I tell you what my life looks like from a stranger looking in? Sure. It looks totally normal. Like I said, we're just the next door neighbors that you might ha- I might be your next door neighbor. You don't know. We just look like the married couple that lives next door that's middle-aged. And in terms of, well, but what about all that time with those other women? Uh-uh. See, I do an exercise class on Monday, and he usually has a date with one of them on Monday. And then I lead a class on Thursday night, and he's with the other one on Thursday night. That's it. So it would just be like if your husband had an Aikido class or he liked to bowl with the guys. There's a couple of days of a week that he's not here. He's generally home at some point. He usually doesn't spend the night. Sometimes he does. I don't care. Either way, it's fine with me. But... Yeah, he's with them. And how I relate to them is they're, my, they're like my sister girlfriends who are mm-hmm. helping me keep my man in good shape. They are my, they're my partners in keeping him in good shape. So what about people that say they, they might find the idea interesting, but they, they, would, ju- they would be jealous? They just couldn't even consider it because they would be too jealous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's for everyone to overcome in their own way. And, of course, there's going to be jealousy from time to time. I actually didn't have very much jealousy at all with Elisa. She was already here when I got on the scene, so it's hard to be jealous of someone who's already there, right? And Mm. I also knew how clear she was about how she wasn't interested in dealing him away to live with him. Like, just is not what she's doing. So I trusted her, and I liked her. And before I met her, I I thought I didn't want to meet her. In the beginning, I thought, I can do this if I I never meet her. And then once I met her, oh, oh, she's so amazing. She's like this bundle of love. How could I not like her? I just, she's so amazing that... Everyone who meets her loves her. So I was in good shape when I met her. I was in much better shape when I met her because all the fantasies of how much better she was than me dissipated because she became a real person. Well, that's that's 
the thing is that the not knowing can be worse than actually knowing. Absolutely. So we were good. We were fine. And then about a year and a half into my relationship with Dave, he met Kim. And that was a little harder (laughs) because Kim's a dancer and she's thinner than me and she's pretty. (laughs) And Elise is thinner than me too. I'm, I'm the biggest one of the group, but they're both really beautiful. And for some reason, because Kim was new, I got triggered. What happened in my jealousy is I just walked it all through with myself. I wasn't afraid he was going to leave me. This woman who I met who was lovely, was very kind to me, incredibly respectful, made it very clear that she was solo poly. She did not want to live with another man ever, ever. Don't worry. And it's The reason it works for us is because all of the humans involved are really good people who mean well. They say what they mean. They mean what they say. They are salt of the earth people who do what they say. And that has to absolutely be in place for this to work. You can't have passive-aggressive bullshit. You can't do not saying the thing you've got to say. You've got to be clean. You've got to be clear. Right. And once I got a sense of who they were, I was, I was cool. And do I still get jealous? Sometimes, but usually the only time I ever get jealous is because I'm not feeling attractive and I know that they are. And, and that's okay because in long-term relationships, that ebbs and flows anyway. So right. I just take it on like it's a headache and it will pass. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, and as long as as you're getting what you need from your partner, which is between you and them on a daily basis anyway, that, I mean, you should, as long as your your relationship is healthy, that, you should be okay with that. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I was was actually talking to a friend about that one time and we were joking around and it's like, I'm okay if somebody that I'm with is out and if, if they're flirting with other people, as long as I know they're coming home with me. As long as I know that we both understand who he's with and that we're going home together, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like that, only slightly different. (laughs) But, but, I mean, you you understand the the ultimate idea there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is when we're out, Dave happens to be really chivalrous. So he doesn't ever flirt with anybody when we're out. When we're out, he's paying attention to me. Right. So I don't, I don't ever have that experience that a lot of people do. Right. Well, I think, too, is as long as there's a respect being shown for, for each of the people involved, that's huge, too. That's, that, and that's in any relationship. If both partners aren't showing respect for each other in any sort of relationship, that's when I have a real issue with, with any any kind of a situation. So, I mean, it's just basic things that have to be shown toward any partner. All right. I like that. Okay. See, we're just learning all cool things. And like I said, ter- terms and, and concepts, all in, in links on the page. <laughs> it's a lot of different things to, to keep straight. It's a lot of different options and all those sort of things. So what about nosy and judgmental people? And we know there are lots of those. What, what do you tell those kind of people when, when they find out and they, they stick their nose in and it doesn't really concern anybody but you as far as I'm concerned? 
But what, what do you do about those kind of people? Yeah, I basically let them have their own experience. I, I don't huh? try and convince them. I'm not shouting from the rooftops that they should be like me or that I should be like them. I've tried it their way. didn't work for me. We're trying something mm-hmm. else, you know. And, and how I deal with the judgmental people is I just let them judge. They're going to judge. It's fine. That's it. Yep. All right. Now, even, even within the poly lifestyle, there's lots of different options. Oh, lots, yeah. Lots, 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 lots of different options. So how, how does a, a couple or an individual decide what's right for them? Or is that even a question that you can answer for me? Well, yeah, I mean, you just think it through, and of course, things are going to change. When we came together and I decided I could be with a man who was polyamorous, I thought, well, maybe I can be polyamorous too. Maybe I don't need that monogamish thing. Maybe I could have other relationships. And, and I tried it once or twice, and I just, eh, it, it just didn't feel right to me. It didn't, I didn't have time, and I didn't care about the other people as much as I should have. I realized the where my place was happened kind of by default, kind of by default with just what my own capacities are and what was uplifting to me instead of a burden to me. And so I came in that way. He came into our relationship, like I said, after a 24-year marriage, knowing that this was his thing. Okay. Okay. So, so if you met somebody that you did want a deeper relationship with, though, it could evolve in... in what you're doing could change. Absolutely. All right. Got it. Okay. And it won't make any difference to him. He won't, Dave won't be upset by that. So he he is very clear that people change. It's one of the things in our culture that we talk about when we get married, that we live happily ever after, and nothing ever changes after that wedding day. Boy, what a mistake. No, people change. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. We just don't account for it. So because people change, how we did this thing is we decided that, you know, and you've already, you know, the structure of how we do it. We don't live under one house, which we can talk about that in a minute because I know people that do that. But um, we decided that in terms of rules, our rules around this, we decided rules were bad because, <laughs> because if you break a rule, then, then you're bad or you're in trouble or you're in the doghouse, right? And sometimes when you break a rule, it ends a relationship. And right. so we didn't want any rules because we didn't want to be bad or in trouble or end the relationship. So what we decided to do instead is we have what we like to call best practice. We have three best practices to our relationship. And this is just between Dave and I. He's, he's doing whatever he's doing with whoever, you know, with Elisa and Kim. But between he and I, we have our own set of best practices. And that's all that matters to me. And those three best practices are everybody owns their own feelings. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. He can't make me feel bad. I can't make him feel bad. That's my feeling. If I'm feeling bad, I got to sort that out. I can talk about it. But it's not on him to fix it. And it's not on me to fix it if he's feeling something. Because it's his feelings, kind of like his toenails. It's, it's his, it's not mine. <laughs> so everybody owns their own feelings. We're all grown-ups here. So that's one best practice. Another best practice is wear a condom 
when you're not with me. Okay. And then the, the third one I think is kind of funny, and it's everything that you've been talking about. And why I think it's funny is because it's boy language. Dave, Dave made this one up. It's total boy language, but everyone will get it. Third best practice, don't be a dick. <laughs> so in other words, be respectful, be nice to each other. Don't well, do anything jerky. And we don't. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so that's clear. it. That, those are big rules around our house, which they're not even rules. They're best practices. But I know, I know poly people who have so many complex structures and rules. And if you meet someone new and you want to kiss them, then you have to call me. Oh, and you have to call your 17 other partners. So start a phone tree and get permission and do the thing and make sure it's okay with everybody and that okay is everybody's feeling okay. It seems so. Com- it seems hard. <laughs> I, I saw that on, on on the TV show. They were doing that. I'm like, you have got to be kidding. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, well, you can you can do this, but you can't go but so far. And it, and if and if you you know you can kiss him, but you can't give him a blowjob. And mm-hmm. if you do, then you have to call me. I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> I know, and I'm sure there's a really good reason they have those rules in place, but I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It's pretty funny to me. We joke about that. Phone tree. They, they just got a phone tree going, I guess. Everybody's on speed dial. I don't know, but yeah, it was the, the rules. Wow. The rules were something. And if, and if you're doing this new thing with a new person and it's 1130 at night, do you wake everybody up for the phone call? Yeah. At, all right. All right. Don't wake I don't know. I'm, I just I looked at the rules and I'm like, I quit. I'm not I'm not crazy about rules in the first place, but this is ridiculous. I, I was really hoping that was part of the script because if they really lived that way, whew, that was crazy. Yeah, no, people really do that. A lot, a lot of poly people do that, and non-monogamous people do that. And like I said, there, I I'm sure there's a really good reason, but I can't for the life of me figure it out. Well, I know monogamous people do that, but wow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, you might as well just be monogamous if it, if it, if it, needs, to be, if it needs to be all checked in. I mean, the, the, the primary purpose of our life is to make sure that we both feel free. So putting all those steps into place doesn't really make anybody feel free. Didn't seem to, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so now explain open relationships as compared to non-monogamy. Is there okay, a great. Yeah. So, what, open, so non-monogamous is a general term that would encompass an open marriage or polyamory or all of it. Non-monogamous just means not monogamous, right? So mm-hmm. an open marriage would be a marriage where you committed to each other and either at the beginning or at some point during the relationship to save the relationship or to enhance the relationship, you're going to open it on up to let other people in, whether it's mm-hmm. someone that's permanent or whether it's some hottie for just the night with the two of you making it three or anything, anything other than just the two of you in your monogamous union so an open marriage could be anything 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 from a one-time agreement to have one person come in to 
going to parties and meeting people and having other relationships and anything you want. Okay. Like some people, the unlimited options. Unlimited. Okay. Now, cheating. How does cheating figure into or not figure into polyamory? It doesn't figure into it at all. So everything that we've talked about in terms of polyamory or non-monogamy or open, because I'm in an open relationship, I'm not, poly, you know, I'm not polyamorous. So all of this is done with integrity, with okay. everybody in agreement, with everybody on the same page saying, yes, this is great. We're all, what you're doing and what I'm doing, all good. Nobody is contorting. Nobody is sticking around just to be pleasing, to keep that woman or to keep that man. We all are empowered and happy and feel safe and feel free, and we all agree. Everybody's in the loop. Now, with cheating, someone thinks they're in a monogamous relationship, and they're not (laughs) because their husband or wife is cheating on them. So... That is not polyamory. That's not an open relationship. That is a breach in the agreement that the two of you have. Right. Well, cheating would, would be if it's against the rules that they've set up in their polyamorous relationship. Correct? Oh, oh right. So that, that's another thing that I forget about because we don't have all these <laughs> it's not rules. It's not but it would right. be some people. But yeah, I guess, yes, people in polyamorous relationships can also be cheated on if they have the rules about whatever their rules might be around their relationship. Let's just make up a scenario that there are, there's a polyamorous relationship where there are two men and two women and they have sex with each other in some configuration and they, they're all in a closed quad Okay, (laughs) they've got the four and they've all promised not to sleep with anyone else ever. If one of them sleeps with someone else, that would be cheating because it's it's against the rules that they created for each other. Right. Okay. There's no cheating in my house. It's impossible to cheat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's only cheating if you make it cheating by having rules to say so. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. It's, one of the things I love so much about my relationship is we will never leave each other because someone cheated. Never. That's true. You get, See? Yeah. All right. Everybody's faithful. Everybody's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, you, you, every time I have a question, you come up with something like that and you throw me off. Okay. <laughs> so, now, some people may decide that they want to actually live together instead of having their own homes. Because you and your husband live together, and then he has other women that are part of his polyamorous relationships that have their own homes. Okay. Yes. And then some and people... And to me, they, there's a term for them. Uh, they're called, they're my metamors. They're my partner's partner. So partner's my, partner. My sister girlfriend that he is with, they're my metamors. Okay. And I love them both. They're totally adorable, and I don't have sex with them. Okay. <laughs> Just in case, because people like to ask. One of the okay. first questions people ask. Yeah, you know, people always seem to go there, don't they? <laughs> they okay. do. Pretty Sometimes. darn great. I don't know. Sorry. 
Uh, well, people people's minds always go there. Okay. Now, sometimes a married couple can have another single person. It always seems to be they have another woman move in from, from mm-hmm. the sisters I've heard. Okay. They never seem to have another man move in, I've noticed. Okay. Sometimes, but rarely, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, now, sometimes they can have another woman move in, and that that's called a triad. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and she actually moves into the home and then lives with them, and then it's the three of them have a relationship between them and then live in the same home, correct? Mm-hmm. How does that, how does that work? Well, it's going to, you know, mileage will vary depending on the people. <laughs> I know a person, I know two people actually, that it's not, I don't think it is a triad. I think there are more people. There's a, I think the mainstay of the home is a triad, and then I think they have roommates who come and go that may or may not be lovers. They have lived together happily for 25 years. Great. Three of them? They own the home together. He married his high school sweetheart and who the third woman was, was her best friend. And it happened at a very young age. So in their, you know, 20, 2019, 2021-ish. And, you know, they're all 50 plus and they've lived together happily in Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, California, where wow. that kind of stuff goes on and people don't bat an eye at it. <laughs> and, yeah, they're all really great people, and they have this similar sort of rules attitude that Dave and I have. They, don't, they probably don't have very many rules. They probably have best practices, too, I'm guessing, to have it work that long. But I, I wouldn't personally want that life. We all laugh about it because there is one person in our group that would love that life, and that would be Dave. <laughs> all, all of us women are very clear. We love each other. We don't want to live together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Living together is just a whole different level. It really yeah. is. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, and, and listeners don't take this out of context, um, I, it's funny because when I was a kid, I always joked that, I said, hey, you know, I and this was even before being single all these years, is, is I joked that, you know, I, I really think that when I get married, I might just want my own house. You know, I, I just, I live on my own, and my husband can have a house next door. You know? Yeah. And, and my mother just would be just sugar head. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Life, life has turned out interesting. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just whatever. Change your own people. Come on. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm coaching a lot of my women clients who want to be married but actually don't want to live with anybody anymore because they've been single too long. You know, so we're noodling around with, well, what if you got a duplex? What if you got to live your happily married monogamous life in a duplex? Why not? You know, we, we get to be creative now. Like I said, we're not on the farm with having to have 12 kids to take care of the farm, most of us. Some of us are, but most of us aren't. So yeah. there's more options. Yeah, I don't have any great desire to be married. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, See, I don't maybe know. solo polys in your future. <laughs> so crazy. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, it was, it was funny when I was talking to, to Philippe Lewis a few weeks ago, because, I mean, you know, a lot of us dated multiple people for years, and it, but it didn't have a name. You know, and, and yeah, I, I don't know, just, it, it was just something people did, and nobody really ever saw anything of it, and like I said, as far as I knew, it didn't have a label, maybe that's just because I live in a small town in Virginia, maybe that's what it was. 
Well, and I really love that people can get all up up about it, but they've been married four or five times. Well, you're just yes. a, you're a serial monogamist. That's all. You just spread them out. <laughs> but you know, well, I could only be with one person. Well, you've been with four. Just to or do it all with more. Yeah, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, swinging is that any is that related in any way to polyamory? It's a cousin. It's a neighboring cousin. Swinging is when you're married or you're in a couple and you're going to go to a party or to a club and you're going to try and make something sexual happen with another couple or another person. And it's not my bag because um, it would be be hard and confusing to me. And I think just trying to find two people that connect is difficult enough, but to try and make four happen with the same four, no. No, okay. <laughs> not well, for me. Course, but huh? you know, I, I think it's good for really beautiful people. <laughs> That's you're like, ooh, you're pretty. You're pretty too. Ooh, let's do this. But yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'd always be wondering, like, are they just going to take one for the team on this one? Who's taking one for the team? It doesn't sound fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay. Now, what about new relationship energy? That sounds interesting. Oh, thank you so much for asking about that. That's going to probably be the most useful thing for your listeners, whatever they're listening for. So there's something that we have figured out that we really want to share with the world because it will save so many monogamous relationships. When... You're with someone newly, there's this excitement, this hotness, this eros love, this excitement because they're new and there's risk and you don't know them and there's mystery and, you know, it's the beginning of a relationship when you go into the love bubble sometimes and it's really exciting and you think they're the one because you've never felt like this before in all of your life until you have another wife, and it, yeah, right? <laughs> so, so the thing about it is this is called new relationship energy, or NRE. And NRE is this, just the most delicious thing ever, and it never lasts. So if you get married, if you're living together, you have anywhere between six months to about a year and a half, maybe two years. If you want to stretch out that amazing new relationship energy, one way you can do it is to break up a lot because of all that uncertainty, right? Like I don't have him. So part of that, the juiciness of it is I don't have them yet. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have them. Can I have them? I want them. I want, 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 want them. Can I have them? Well, well, like people that, that just want to chase. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, the, but it's a real thing. It feels good for all of us when we're in it, but it does dissipate. And what, it, what it's replaced with is knowing somebody, which is delicious, that familiar, homey, finishing each other's sentences, kind of clicking into each other's sense of humor so you're funnier to each other now. Like there's a really good trade-off for losing right. that, right? Very but what happens, what happens is this. A married couple gets married, and they have all that yummy new relationship energy. And then over time, it goes away because it's supposed to. It's biology. And then five, seven, ten years down the road, he falls in love with the secretary. 
the new secretary, and he leaves his wife. Totally typical, right? We've seen it in the movies for decades. Or she falls in love with the trainer, and he, she leaves her husband. And why they leave isn't because the other person is so amazing. Why they leave is they get caught up in that new, new relationship energy, and they think it's different and then they divorce their wife or they divorce their husband. They remarry this new person. And in a year and a half when that energy is dissipating, they say, what the hell did I do? I just threw away a 20-year marriage for this? So we open marriage people, <laughs> we non-monogamous people, we poly people know about this. We expect it to happen every time. And so, for example... When Dave met Kim, who came after me, he knew. He knew he would fall into this love bubble with her, and he was very careful. He was very careful to not get it on me in any disrespecting way. In fact, he was a happier person, so I had a happier partner. It, was, it got on me in a good way. And he also didn't think I should leave Wendy for Kim because he knew this is the phase that I'm in that will dissipate in about a year and a half. So there's no need to leave each other for it. This is just a thing that happens to humans. It's biology, and it will run its course. So it, it has everything stay cohesive, and it takes away the threat of being left for someone else. It does happen. It's that rush, and then it goes away. It does not doesn't last very long. <laughs> and if that cases. doesn't explain a failed relationship for you, then think about your uncle or your sister <laughs> or someone who did that exact thing. Somebody you know has done that. Mm-hmm. And if not, there's a million movies about it. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're probably all on Lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or what, one of the Lifetime Networks, guaranteed. It, it's on Lifetime. There'll, there'll be at least five on today. <laughs> 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 Any day of the week. I don't care what day you listen to this. There will be a five on Lifetime today. That's the running joke in our house. Anytime we see a movie where there's the love conflict, we yell at the screen, you should just be Polly. It's on Lifetime. I, I guarantee it. Nobody needs right to lose here. Which terms have I not asked you about? We're almost out of time. I'll tell you what, we're, we're close enough on time. Um, definitely, like I said, definitely check out the, the site because it, there was a lot of terms and concepts we, we covered. And I guarantee you, you missed, you probably didn't absorb all of it just because there's so much. Cool thing, too, about the list that she made up for me is it's got the, the terms and the concepts. She gave me the names, the description, and even when the term was coined. And it was interesting. Some of these some of these terms have been around since the 70s, the 80s, some more recently. But, I mean, some of these terms have been around for a long time. Huh. And it was just, like I said, it's interesting, interesting list you made up for me. I'm glad you, I asked you to do that. And she's got an interesting gift called the Full Moon Ritual with a list of questions to ask in your relationship. So you definitely, you need to check that out. There's a link for that on the show page also. So I've got all kinds of neat little gadgets and gifts and all kinds of neat stuff, which are going to be on the website. So to get all of those little little neat 
things that I've got for you. You need to go to www.readyforloveradio.com slash non-monogamy. So I, is there anything that I forgot to ask you about that you want to share? Not that you haven't shared plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just really want people to be left with that they get to say that we're living in a world today where you get to say how your relationships are designed and how they get to look. You you get to say, what if you got to have everything all your way? What if you got to look at everything you wanted and everything you needed, and if you had it all your way, how would you design it? And there are people who are willing and happy to give you what you want as long as you're forthright about it. You know, right. find the people that you like that, that line up with you and create something amazing. And I don't, I don't care if it's monogamy in, in the trad style, in the old traditional style. That's awesome. People love that. It works for a lot of people. And, or if you're, you know, married in side-by-side duplex and still monogamous. Or if you're doing what Dave and I are doing, which is representing monogamy <laughs> to the lady who lives across the hall from us, but doing our thing. To live yeah. under one big roof if you wanted to do that. We get to, we get to say. Such an awesome time to be living. We get to say. Find, find what works for you and your partner. And yeah. it's just nobody else's business. I don't care if it's your brother, your mother, your sister. It doesn't matter. It's your decision between you and your partner. Yep. Find the combination that works for you. As long as you're consenting and you're adult, find what works for you, you know? Yeah. So that's what I put at the beginning. That's why I share all of these interesting things I come up with because, you know, whether it works for you, whether some little part of something I share works for you, and even if it doesn't, you know, put the effort into learning about different things so that if you do run into somebody that's doing something, you, you can be a little bit more understanding about what they're doing. Just, you know... Open your mind. It's amazing what happens when you open your mind. It's empowering. Awesome experience. And for those people who are married, if they would ask their husband or wife the question, is there anything that you need from me that you've given up on getting? It's a very powerful question. It's one of the questions in our full moon ritual that we ask each other every month. Is there anything you need that you're finding hard to get? And it's a good check-in because, like I said, People change. We need different things. Sometimes we forget to give our partner what they need that we knew about. It's important to check in. Is it? Well, and that's that's the L of this. It's you do it every month. It's called the Full Moon Ritual. You download it for free from my website. It's it's one page with a couple standing in front of the full moon. Okay, mm-hmm. so you do it every month, and and it's a list of fifteen questions. Okay, the first one is: There anything you need from me that you're finding hard to get? Even if you only do the first one. You're putting forth the effort and telling your partner you care if there's something that they need. That's huge. Yeah. And it shows that you care. And you know what? They're going to ask you the same question. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is not a one-way list, by the way. This is a list of 15 questions you ask each other. <laughs> uh, I think it's awesome. That is, that is awesome. And, and like I said, it's free. It's on my website. <laughs> okay. And all of Wendy's contact information is also on that page. So www.readyforloveradio.com slash non-monogamy. So, Wendy, it's great. We, we had a blast. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And like I said, I've 
I learned lots of cool things, and I hope the audience did too. And listeners, I'll see you next time on Ready for Love Radio.